All right. Well, welcome to another great uh, episode here on the Big Ticket Life. This week's guest is a cross between a best-selling author, decorated Iraq War veteran, ordained minister, certified holistic life health coach, emotions mentor, certified emotions mentor, that is, certified Reiki practitioner, and a whole mix of other things. Don't call me Stacy Rask. Call me Stacy Rasky. Stacy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff, for having me. That's so funny. I mean, it is it is hilarious having that sort of list of credentials because I never lead with the credentials. I always lead with my story, especially when people generally look at that kind of stuff and think, oh my God, she's so woo, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, no, I'm not woo. I am Wu-Tang because self-mastery is gangster <laughs> AF, right? Gangster well, AF. Well, that's what I knew about you. <laughs> right? You, and you that's... got the more gangster badass side and I was shocked in your press kit when you sent it across. I know. They're like, people like, wait, Iraq war veteran, badass biker chick, and you do all this other stuff too? I'm like, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So uh, let's jump in. And um, what, so first of all, thank you for your service. You're welcome. Very much appreciate that. So uh, what years were you, uh, were you in the Iraq war? What, What was your time of service there? So actually, it's funny. I I joined in February 2001. And I literally just finished basic training AIT bio warfare detection school. I'm home on leave in Salt Lake City, Utah, and literally 9-11 happens. So two days later, I was at my duty station. And my very first deployment was actually to the Pentagon to clean up anthrax after 9-11. And oh, then wow. um, I was in all the way till 2004. I was on the front lines when we invaded Iraq in 03. I actually got hurt during uh, my deployment. And so uh, when I came back, I ended up getting a medical discharge in 04. Okay. Wow. That's uh, quite the start of your time involved with Operation. I guess were you, I guess it would be incorrect to say Operation Iraqi Freedom. That was, was that a little later? Nope, that was it. Mm-hmm. I was, that was, okay. I wasn't sure if there was a delineation between the first and, uh, first involvement overseas and then the second, but very good. Well, thank you for your service there. Why, that's wild to be cleaning up anthrax at the Pentagon. Yeah. I mean, what yeah, was that like? It was, it was, well, and, and having access to the actual crash site too, like that was very, very, very humbling. I mean, technically sure. we, we had the first, wartime stateside deployment since the civil war was our unit. Like we were active duty, we were activated, mobilized for a wartime deployment on home soil. So it's totally wild. And it was just interesting because, you know, we're having to mobilize and basically do our job, but it's in DC. And it was just really heartbreaking being in, especially in and around the crash site and the cleanup and all of that and being a part of that. It was really, really interesting, especially, you know, 24-year-old kid. Right, right. Wow. Yeah, that uh, obviously, I think everybody listening and watching, by the way, I always say listening and watching because we do live stream this on YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Uh, So it it does pay as a watch because we do a great job of putting production together. Everybody looks good, sounds good, and we show some cool stuff throughout the show. So I always try to do a, a service to audio-only listeners, but uh, you do want to watch. And um, uh, I know that day, uh, everybody who was listening and watching has memories of 9-11. And for me, I was, I was um, 
stopped in at the building products warehouse where I was a sales rep. And uh, I'd stopped in maybe 15 minutes before. I was just getting ready to head out for the day. And uh, and then the news starts breaking and uh, there was major roadside construction going on adjacent to the building. And in walks uh, one of the foremen and his son, unfortunately, was in one of the towers. And you talk about a humbling, human, devastating, emotional, any adjective you want to throw in there around that day, just to watch somebody uh, kind of break like that was, that was, that was a rough moment for all of us, but especially for the father there, um, that came in. So thank you for your service. Kind of didn't want to stop. You know, we kind of took a turn there to interesting <laughs> panel, but, uh, you know, Hey, this is, as, as we said in the pre-show, we're going to have an authentic, organic conversation. Um, so how does, so, so, you know, tying in your service experience, um, you've got a pretty big depth of experience in life, right? You know, the phrase now is lived experiences. So, you know, what takes you from service to where you're at now? Let's kind of span that journey and then we'll dig into each kind of timeline along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it is. It's it's interesting now being this, you know, focusing on leadership development and creating high performance leaders, high performance cultures, high performance teams in the way that I do now. And it is bringing this beautiful life experience, leadership experience and this crazy amalgamation that has been <laughs> my personal and my professional life and my own journey together to look at it in this very holistic way. And so, you know, over the course of 25 plus years, if you combine all the leaders or the military experience, so I have military leadership experience as a non-commissioned officer, then I have corporate leadership experience. I'm a former pharmaceutical chemist, or as many of us say, when we think about our old jobs, you know, recovering (laughs) from those things. And then moving into the entrepreneur space. And so then the rest of my leadership experiences in owning my own, starting my own businesses and owning multiple companies and and all of the trials and tribulations that come from that. But people do meet me now and they're like, um, how did you get into this? And it really is. I was my first client when it comes to learning how to truly self-lead because I didn't. I was a total shit show. I mean, I was one of those people who spent my entire life worrying about everybody else, giving my power away. Everything was external achievement, validation, approval, chasing everything external as the enoughness. So everything was based on, you know, grades or athletics, performance in orchestra or um, you know, where, how did I graduate? GPA, SATs, you know, how you perform on your PT test. It's every external measurement to even as a professional, you know, what is your job title? How much money you earn? You know, how many vacations you're taking? And it got to the point where I have this corporate career because it's safe. You know, it's what everybody tells you to do. I build the American dream, you know, you get married, you buy the house, you've got the dogs and the cars and the, again, the safe corporate job and all of that stuff. The problem was that dream was my prison because it wasn't something that I wanted to build. It had nothing to do with me. It was just building a life of shoulds 
and always wearing the mask of who I should be, constantly rejecting and ignoring myself until my rock bottom moment at the end of 2014, where I had this moment of clarity of truly how much I hated myself. And it was the last time that I was suicidal, but thankfully I passed out before I went through with anything. And I woke up the next day with a ton of clarity and was like, all right, I'm done. I am done trying to control anything other than myself because that's what I'd spent a lifetime doing, trying to control what people thought about me, what they felt about Mm me, you know, what other people were doing, saying whatever it was. But all of those control issues were a symptom of how out of control I was inside because the one relationship I never learned how to build was the one with myself. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, pretty powerful little recount of the journey there. Um, let's, let's start with where you ended. The relationship uh, with yourself, which I think is pretty profound. People don't focus on that enough. Would you agree? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's the one it's the one relationship. I mean and it's interesting because we think about, you know, life skills and emotional coping and all of these things that at the end of the day, so many of the challenges we see in the world it, at home, in our health, our lives, our businesses and it, all of it comes down to everyone experiencing this systemic plague of an inability to truly be responsible and in mastery of themselves. And it and yep. it really is the foundation to building a relationship. It's the one we never learned to work on is the one with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like how you said that, building that relationship with yourself and the mastery of that relationship. You know, you look at, um, there was a, a post, um, Arnie, Arnie Gisk, um, you know, Arnie, mm-hmm. and he made a post about, you know, Hey, I have this really great thing I put out there that's inspirational. Um, I put an offer out there for people to get in touch with that. And then I put a post out there about the price of eggs and the price of eggs post had like 10 X the engagement. 10x the 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 reactions to it, 10x the reach, but the good stuff that's out there that he put out there didn't. And you know your your comment about mastery of yourself and that relationship with yourself is so important because there's so many things. And I use Arnie's Facebook post as an example because we got to recognize that if we don't master that relationship for us, it'll be mastered by others, right? i.e. social media, uh, you know, TikTok, Facebook, et cetera. That algorithm, those things, they want people down average, below average, hooked on the dopamine hit of discussing the price of eggs. I didn't even know there was an issue with eggs until he put that out there. I'm like, what the heck is Arnie even talking about eggs for? What, what does this have to do with anything? And then I dig into it. I'm like, oh, okay. It's kind of like gas prices. People hooked it. Or hooked up on that again. It's just that new thing to put out there, that dopamine hit. Um, so, I mean, do you feel that it's not only in charge of yourself and that mastery of the relationship with yourself, but do you feel you have to work extra hard to keep all the other things at bay that are put in front of us, like social media, 
Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, even those behaviors are the external symptoms that are coming from the same root, which is we're just avoiding ourselves. If we don't build that le- that relationship with ourselves, basically, as I always say, if you cannot lead yourself, how can you lead anyone else, let alone lead a revolution? Right. And that's what ends up running the show is our subconscious. And so I see it all the time. I mean, I see people, you know, starting businesses and they bring this subconscious toxicity into their ecosystem. And then they wonder why they have such a challenged culture in their company, right? They, they're right. wondering why they have employees skimming time or, you know, mid-level supervisors not stepping up and taking responsibility and all of this stuff. And I'm like, well, the first thing I'll ask will be like, okay. Well, where do you not respect your own boundaries or where are you not following through with personal accountability? Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, where do you have a hard time <laughs> holding to consequences, right? With, with, if you set boundaries, where do you not hold the consequences? They're like, well, you know, my, my four year old daughter at home. And I'm like, okay, but you realize you're doing the same thing with your employees. Right. Has anybody so, ever said to you, <laughs> In those moments, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I invested to have you come here and fix them, not me. <laughs> Has anybody ever said that? Um, no, simply because I'm so transparent that it starts with the leader. Right. And no matter what, even if we go in and we're doing, because sometimes it is working with the individual, right? It's the leaders that come in and they're like, okay, I know I need to take responsibility. It starts with me to change everything. And sometimes they do. They'll hire me and the team to come in and they're like, all right, we've got to completely reset the culture. And I'm very, very, very upfront with them that we are spending more time with the leadership than we are with the team. Because it's like all things. Do you want to patch symptoms or do you want to get to the root? And too many people just want to patch the symptoms and be reactive. And I'm like, you're, You can stay in that cycle all day long, but until you're willing to truly take a step back and look in the mirror, be radically honest and be in radical ownership, nothing will change. And it starts with all of us internally. Every single one of those leaders, it's like, all right, how's your daily routine? What are you doing to take care of yourself? What are you doing to build a dialogue with yourself on your on what you're thinking and what you're feeling? Because that's the stuff that's getting poured into your family. That's the stuff that's getting poured into your business. That's the stuff that's getting poured into your clients, even your team members' families, because they're taking that shit home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, what you said about addressing the root and not just the symptom, being transparent with leadership about what your work together is going to be, uh, I see as super important because I think what happens in a lot of organizations, and I'll ask you this question if you agree, and what you've seen is, so the leader's like, hey, we're going to fix this thing, ourselves, this problem. And everybody around that leader, you know, people aside and down are like, here we go again. He's, they're on the war path. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to wind themselves up and get, get all excited. And it'll be just like the last time. It'll be 10 days to 
four weeks of following through, and then we're just right back to our old routine. So then the mantra becomes, let's just weather the storm of this, right? And we're just going to go back to the old ways because they're going to go back to the old ways. Has there been any, have you, would you agree with that? Have you seen that in action? Have you come into things like that where we've tried this before? You're our last hope to fix leadership around here. Oh yeah, absolutely. It It is interesting because everybody that comes into our ecosystem, right? Whether it's it's influential or having me come in and do, you know, corporate leadership training or or anything like that, it is always, okay, well, do you want to do the same thing you've been doing? Or is it time to actually do something different to get the results? And so it really is. Everybody comes to me, they're like, all right, they've already done all these other investments. And so it is kind of that last straw or that place of like, okay, I realize I was throwing money at problems and not actually really looking at the big picture of what is it I want to create moving forward. And so I, I look at what we do as truly this integration of bringing it all together. Because most people, whether they're working on themselves or they're working on their businesses, they do very compartmentalized work, right? So I'll just say the individual. You're over here doing your therapy to work on your baggage and your bullshit. Maybe you're doing some energy work or, you know, working with a life coach, you know, uh, to get your health in order or something like that. Over here, you're working on uh, business strategy, right? Maybe you're dialing in your offers, your marketing and messaging, something like that. Everything's very compartmentalized and separate. It's great you're doing that work, but what happens is you start seeing the symptoms compartmentalized success. For mm. some of us, that's where maybe business is going good, but our health starts to suffer or our marriage starts falling apart. Compartmentalized success. Or you see it inside of your business when this team over here, they're doing good. This team over here is doing good, but they're not talking to each other. Right? There's, right. It's, it's everything starts getting really hard. Systems are not functioning. Nothing's integrated. And so that's where the difference is, is we approach it in such a holistic way. We're looking physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, leadership, strategy, all of it together. Because I don't know about you, but I show up as all of me to everything that I do. So I can't just focus and compartmentalize on one piece and think that's going to fix everything. If I need to increase my profit, it's not just a sales and a delivery problem. Right. <laughs> There's way more to it than that, right? So that's yeah, the big I key. love, yeah, I love that analogy of com compart. Well, it's not an analogy, it's a reality. Um, when you started down that path, I had a picture in my mind of a silo, which kind of is the same thing as compartmentalize. But I love the breakdown about how you do compartmentalize success away from marriage, um, team success away from each other, where then the leader has to become that conduit. And it's like, you know, the more successful we get, the more work I got to do because these people are so busy over here and these people over here don't necessarily like those people over there and they're still successful and I, I still have to be that conduit. And, and more work gets dumped on my plate. So now that reality of compartmentalized success, that work on that plate of the leader now translates maybe to that personal stuff, as you said, right? Mm -hmm. 
Oh yeah. yeah. Always, um, always, because that's, what's running the show. That's, that is our ability to be effective leaders, our ability to communicate with our team. We have to have a solid identity of ourselves. Then we've got to get in place appropriate systems for accountability, which I see missing like everywhere. It's rampant, a complete lack of consistency with accountability. But that's required to create the safety that we need to really be able to communicate and build the trust in each other, in our teams, in our leadership. You know, you said the silo and a lot of people do that. They're like, okay, I'm going to, you know, dump money over here to try to fix this silo and maybe over here to fix this piece of equipment. Why not address the whole vision and let's look at the whole farm because the whole thing needs to work together. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just be growing in in that one area and letting everything else die on the vine, so to say. Um, Mm -hmm. You touched on something as we bridge the gap from your service time to present time. Um, you talked about like chasing the American dream, um, doing all that, you know, putting all that energy into, I forget how you phrased it, the, the way others view you, um, basically all the things you can't control. And, and that, that word balance came out there. You know, my belief on balance is define it for yourself. Stop mm-hmm. trying to chase what balance looks like for other people. I think so many people listen to folks who say, well, here's what balance is, but they're obviously saying it from their perspective on the world. What works for them? What's been the success for them? You know, as a successful person, the, the, the path for me as a guy's guy, if you will, you know, cigars, whiskey, cars, toys, the path for me would be like an exotic sports car. Well, look at me. I'm a big guy. I don't really fit in one of those. And most importantly, I don't even want one. My cool car is a 1974 F-250, the original Bigfoot truck. Like that's, that's my exotic car, Mm -hmm. right? So if I got hung up on getting a Ferrari or a Porsche or a McLaren or, or any of that stuff, I would feel that I'm lesser to my peers, if you will. And I just don't, I don't deposit into that, that ideology of chasing that dream. And if I did, my, I'd be way out of balance. Uh, so for you, where, where do you help people find balance? Where do you instruct them on what those levers, those scales of achieving balance? And really, I guess more like peace within themselves is really the statement, right? How do you, and that's it. Let's, let's talk on that a little bit. So the first thing I always tell everybody is balance is bullshit because just like you said, the scales, everybody's trying to create balance as though it's an equation. Mm-hmm. And that's where it turns into this internal battle. And really it, we see it externally too, right? It's, it's, there's always something we're battling. And I always say, again, being a veteran, <laughs> a war veteran, I'm like every, battle you're fighting in your life or business externally is a reflection of the war you're raging against yourself. And that's why the second we step into trying to create balance, everything falls apart. Something is, we're never going to be able to get the scales in any type of equanimity. And so instead, I always say create harmony. 
Don't create balance, create harmony instead. And when you start harmonizing everything, that's our opportunity to begin integrating. You know, you and I were in these ecosystems where it's about doing life and business together. But not everybody really understands what that means. And I, it's, I've created this little lifestyle that in my lifestyle, it includes my business. It includes being an impactor. It includes being of service to other people. It includes nurturing my marriage. It includes taking care of my health, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. It includes all the things that create fulfillment inside. Because at the end of the day, anyone who's chasing freedom is really escaping something from their past versus embodying what it means to be free, very different. And that freedom right. in that sense, the latter is an inside job. We can only be free when we let go of trying to control things that are not ours. When we let go of the emotional baggage, burdens, resentment, when we forgive ourselves and everyone else, when we stop trying to control anything outside of our control. And you know, no amount of time or money or geographic freedom will allow you to experience what it means to be free if we don't have it in our mind, our heart, and our soul. Yeah, yeah. And is that uh, is that the energy work that you referenced? Yeah, it is. It's it's needing to support all of the layers, right? And so that's why I I call what we do on the inner work side high performance inner work because again we're not doing it in a compartmentalized way. It's supporting healing and integration physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually at the same time. So, you know, it's great if you're working with somebody, you know, doing the emotional stuff, but if your body is not keeping up, and when I say body, it's actually in the sense of releasing stored trauma from the body, right? Think about any time, you know, people like us, we have this tendency to stay in this heightened fight, flight, freeze, or fawn response, right? We're in our stress response, also known as our trauma response, all of the time. And if we're not doing the work to lower our nervous system physically, it makes it hard to change the thoughts that come after we have an emotional experience, right? There's this whole catalyst, this whole cycle that happens physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And if we're not working on all of it, it slows down the results that we want. So if you do all of it at the same time, you are rapidly becoming a better you, a better parent, a better partner, a better leader, and your organization and everyone around you starts realizing, oh, wait, this isn't just wait till the wave is done for five, seven, 10 days. Like, oh, this shit got real. Like we're actually doing some work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and the and the ones that uh, you know, if you as a leader truly commit to that, those around you that don't greet it with that excitement that you just exuded, well, then we know what that answer is. You they know, self-identify then, then, as not not being aligned yeah. with where we're going, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, and then they'll and then they'll move on. Yeah, I mean that's um, that's all very powerful stuff. You know, I realized from my past, um, I would take employees, uh, people on the team, you know, I would take an objection, a failure. Um, nothing was ever outright disrespect, but I took it as that. 
I took it as that old scar was like a new cut on that same spot. Right. And it took me a while to figure that one out. And, uh, it, it, as a leader, it was the answer of, look, these people aren't out to harm you. You know, so get over that. Let's, let's, let's understand that, that it's not that same, you know, pain and anguish and, and, and trials. It's just they're unsure. They're not understanding the reason why they're being asked to do this or, uh, they don't understand why we should try this, why this could be better, a better way to approach things. And I would always say, you know, and my intention was always to do things, bring things forward to help lift the result, right? Help increase the success. But I never explained, I would rarely explain fully the motivations for why. And then once I tapped into that, I realized, oh, yeah, there was a whole lot easier way to go about this. You know, um, just take a little more time up front. Not everybody's willing to jump off a high dive diving board into the pool below and worry if there's water in it or not like you are. Some people, you know, some people want to, they'll do that, but they want to have floaties on, you know, they'll do that, but they want to know there's water in below. Like they, they'll do that, but they want to know if they want, they want evidence of water being filled in the pool. So they want to see metaphorically the hose coiled up in the corner. You know, they want to, they want to know there's some of these things there. And as a leader, you have to work with your team. I found work with it, my team and teams to identify where those people are on that scale of assurance. Um, that's what I've come to learn from, from that. So, no, and that's why we stuff. need good, good communication and be able to build mm -hmm. that trust. And we can't be authentic or vulnerable as leaders if we don't have that relationship and dialogue with ourselves. And then having the healthy boundaries in place that we know we can be authentic and vulnerable without giving our power away in being in that leadership position. And it yep. creates the trust that they're willing to communicate, you know, trust the vision, communicate with you. And the most amazing thing is it starts opening up for more development where they're willing to bring in creativity and innovation. Yeah. And all of that increases performance, productivity, uh, client and employee retention, and most importantly, profit. Right. Right. So, you know, we've used a lot of words like vulnerable emotional, <laughs> healing. So right in your own press kit, right? You, you say you love to work with alpha leaders, right? That alpha personality is F your feelings, right? Don't give me emotional healing. I want the John Wayne, dirty, hairy approach to leadership. I want, I want the hard hitting, hardcore, make no excuses approach. Mm -hmm. So how do you blend all that? Well, I mean, Every one of the people that I've met that is the true alpha, even though they like to be in that state of action, go, 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 they're also very, very high empathy. They're the Ooh. people that at the end of the day, they will own the fact that they wear their heart on their sleeve. And so really, that's the true alpha. It is the high sensitivity and the high sensation seeking. So it's the high empathy or that sensitivity to other people's emotions and energy, strong intuition. We just have it. And then when you've got that combined with that high sensation seeking, which is that high level of drive, but also needing a lot of stimulation. So it looks like things like ADD, ADHD, neuroatypical or neurodivergent, 
you know, because we have these superpowers, but we live in a culture and a society, especially if we come from trauma where that emotional sensitivity or that energetic sensitivity has been either, you know, it, it, it's not encouraged, it's been used against us. And then for people like myself who've come from high level of childhood trauma, you know, we just shut that down behind the walls. And the biggest wall we right. have is control. And so hustle is a control issue when we do it for the sake of being in a state of action without intention. Now we're sitting here doing what we can as much action as possible to try the con- try to control the outcome, the results, which at the end of the day, most of the outcomes that we're trying to generate are actually not within our control. And it's truly amazing how much we will kill ourselves. And, and, you know, speaking especially to the entrepreneurs, we've all, you know, you start your business, it's your baby, you are going to work and make it happen. And so, you know, we can hustle ourselves into the ground until we hit that place of burnout or max out because we've relied on finite resources like time, energy, attention, and money. And eventually we've got to pivot and leverage. So every one of those people, once I start speaking to who they really are, they're like, oh, yeah, right? <laughs> so Hopefully <laughs> it's charged. Yeah. And it's, and it's fun because like when I do speaking, uh, speaking engagement and I talk about creating a high performance microculture when I did a combat rescue mission in Iraq, right? So that's pretty badassery packaging mm-hmm. to the story of building trust and connection with people who even outranked me because I was in charge of them surviving through hostile territory. And because I made myself emotionally available to listen and to connect with every single one of them, I was able to create this micro high performance culture for the purpose of this mission. And everyone survived despite coming under attack. All people and all vehicles made it back safely. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's important. And what's interesting is when you put it in a context like that of war, like, yeah, you know, you need people to trust you because it's life or death. Right. But it's the same thing here. You know, we just, the stakes are different because we don't have quite that same level of pressure. But do we? If we think about right. life or death, when we are here taking care of our employees, mm-hmm. our clients, it might be yep. though that level of stakes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I often talk uh, with my business partner and the people I work with, like these people look to you to provide for their family through the efforts they give you. And if you don't take that serious enough, it's not about they need to be invested in your business like you are, because that's not them. If they if they wanted that, they could do it on their own. There's no shortage of the ability to do that. No shortage of the information on how to do that. But that's not their journey in life. They, they, they're happy to be with you. So you need to take that serious. And if you take your customers' money, you better make it a five-star experience. You better make it the best thing you know, strive to have it be the best shopping, the best purchasing experience ever, the best outcome ever. It, it, you know, so no, it's not life and death, but it, it needs to be thought of seriously. And, and that's the way I look at it. Um, so you've got, we're wrapping up our time together. Um, obviously, if you've been listening, watching, you can see that Stacy's really got it going on. She is into, uh, helping leaders really 
find the true leader within themselves. Um, and you run events, which is not an easy business, but you've got a really great event because I've put on events. Um, I know it's, it's work. It's work. It's a different dynamic than speaking on a stage. It's a different dynamic than recording a podcast. It's a different dynamic than, uh, than creating a course. Um, if you will, it's, it's people taking time out, which is why I set it up with the responsibility of what we do for our team and our customers. People taking time, which is our most valuable resource to taking time to leave their job, their family, their home and fly across the country, maybe. So your influential leadership events, you've got one coming up, um, really later this week. Uh, this month. Well, yeah, I think from the time that it this will be live, yes, it would be later this yep. week. Exactly. That's yeah, right. it is 26th and 27th of January in Tampa. So if you're anywhere cold, it's definitely a good time to come down. <laughs> so, but this is the space. We've got the most amazing speaker lineup. I mean, international award-winning speakers. But more importantly, these are not just speakers. These are pe people who are le leading and living by example, who truly embody the message that they're speaking on, whether we're talking about behavior, self-mastery, leadership, communication, branding, voice, um, culture, creating a high-performance culture, and even uh, the financial aspect, we have an amazing business strategist who will be really diving into how to plan your 2023 and how to understand what's unfolding economically to protect yourself financially and really maximize uh, your financial ROI in 2023. Well, sounds like a great time. I've, I've seen some of the speakers. I know some of the speakers going there. So, uh, and I know you've always... Uh, you made a name for yourself for putting on high class, high impact, valuable events. So where would people go to um, sign up for that, join, learn more information? Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, it is um, beinfluential.com. And I'm sure you'll have it in the show notes. It yep. is the the importance of this particular events that we do is we keep them very intimate. It maxes out at 100 spots. We have a few seats left. Whether you do the VIP experience or the general admission, you're going to have that time and space to do the work. So it's the mentality and the mechanics, the results and the relationships. You have the opportunity not only to, you know, have the speakers pour into you, but you're going to do the work there. We've got the breakouts. We've got the mastermind time. You've got the opportunity in this intimate space to deeply connect with all of these geniuses in their different um, industries. And all of them are approaching stepping into the leader that matches your big 2023 goals inside and out. So, you know, it's the inner work and it's the business strategy, even the self-mastery strategies to implement in the new year to make sure you create everything that you want. Love it. I'm a big believer in getting out of, um, first and foremost, getting out of your industry's cocoon. Yeah. Like I don't go, I don't really go to any of my industry events. I go to our trade shows, but I don't go to our industry events really per se. Um, uh, but I'm a big believer in getting in rubbing elbows with other people that have other talents, other skills, other industries. Cause you can, you can learn and take from what they're doing and directly apply it. As you said, you know, 
you've got that combat, like real bullets flying over your head combat experience to guide how you can help leaders lead those around them without the stresses of you know combat around you. Uh, but you can take and rub elbows with everybody else's experience. And I like that it's a more intimate event. Uh, the big ones are nice. It's usually you'll see the big marquee names. Um, but you know, beyond that, you are strangers with everybody even around you. Um, so those, you can really build relationships and dive deep into what you learn there and expand on it as you go from there and then work through the year. So, and that, was again beinfluential.com or was there a forward slash for like the mastermind or is it just be no, influential.com? Yep. We set it up to where it's just the main one now. It's just be influential.com. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I love it. All right. Well, Stacy, this has been a pleasure. Very much enjoyed having you on the show. It's been cool to see your success take off and, uh, and continue, I should say, or watch your success from when I met you to continue. That's the more appropriate way to say it. Um, Thank you. But yeah, it's pretty cool to see you. It's an honor to have you on the show. Uh, this was a great time. We've got all of Stacy's information in the show notes. It's here in the post where you're watching this video. You've been seeing some of it come in on the screen. So no reason to not connect with Stacy if you haven't liked what you've heard. If you have time this week to get to that event, get to it. Um, and if not, then I'm sure there's going to be others. So it would be wise to connect with Stacy right here, right now, uh, in the moment. Don't let it pass and uh, get into her world. And um, I'm sure she would greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. Well, thank you. And uh, we'll see you next week on The Big Ticket Life. Take care. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own big ticket life. And now it's time I to live yours. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Claim your gift at gift.bigticketlife.live. That's gift.bigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what is impossible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, it's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners, and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat, in your business, away from commodity and away from competition, into a market of one, so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today, where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now, accept this gift, book your call, go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.